0: Hey everybody! This is Jason K, and this is Jason M, and this is Context Free. This is the podcast where we talk about board games and video games, role playing games, and any other type of games that cross our eyeballs <laughs> and our callous this thumbs.
1: Cross, <laughs> cr- yeah, <laughs> that cause RSI or some other sort of sad injury that one yeah. gets from sitting. We, in front I think of.
0: we were recently called the perfect podcast for sort of intro video gamers.
1: <laughs> intro video gamers. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm not sure if that reflects well or poorly on me. I'm not
1: sure either, but we have opinions. So.
0: But I think I think it reflects well. <laughs> I think it means that we talk about it in a way that's, that makes video games approachable and not too...
1: We're approachable. ...jargony. We're not snooty pants, mostly, right. except for when we are, but we're not. But this... <laughs> Snoopy <laughs> pants
0: we uh, we 're going to talk about <laughs> finally, so if everyone 's been listening for the last i don 't know year we 've been uh, tuning in and out to uh the results of our betrayal legacy uh, game results, our thoughts, the highs, the lows the lows and the and the lows
1: and the middles and the lows and the the lower middles right
0: so 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 what is this game betrayal legacy is a Uh, It's a legacy take on the game Betrayal at House on the Hill, which is an older Avalon Hill title. It's been around for 20 years plus. Um, It's a haunted house theme. It's, you know, think Scooby-Doo kids go into a haunted house, crazy things happen. There's a haunt, somebody is the traitor. And you go look in a book, you read the rules for this and something happened yeah, well, something you, happens.
1: So you split up though, right? So the, well, tra- you split up, the yeah. trader reads some of the rules right. and you, and everyone else reads some of the rules. Right. So there's a, there's a little bit of like discovery.
0: Yep. Right. So you explore yeah. the house, you, you, you oh, know, yeah. you pick up items, things happen. It's all kind of random until the haunt starts. And then there's a purpose. Right. right, that's the that's the base game.
1: Hopefully, hopefully there's a purpose.
0: Well, I can't stand the base game. I, I, I would never like the base game. But
1: this gave me some. And the reason why you you can't stand the base game is the randomness, right? The lack of coherence. Well, is that fair? sort of the
0: it's it's kind of just like there's really no purpose when you start the game. I was like, what do you do? It's like, oh, we'll just we wander
1: around, go wander around, an go empty, wander house. around an empty
0: house and find stuff. Like you don't really have a goal when you start because you don't know if you're going to end up being the traitor or not. So it's just to me the whole thing feels. Like, just kind of a pointless thing. The only purpose for it is to have some laughs over some ridiculous things that might happen. But yeah. as far as a game goes, it's like, a, in my mind, it's a complete failure.
1: Well, you can't... <laughs> like, it is. You it's can't even terrible. have a strategy, right? Because no. you're, you're, like, you're picking up stuff and you don't know if picking up stuff helps you or hurts you. So, yeah, it's... Right, it's and then something hard. happens and... But the legacy game, which is what we're talking about. So talk
0: about what I described as the base game. Talk about what the legacy game sort of promises.
1: What the legacy game promises is a kind of a story arc of your house over time, right? So you have all these events. uh, You have – I was going to say houses. You have uh, families, right, that are coherent over time in characters that are semi-coherent over time. And stuff happens to them. And, you know, you update – I don't know. You, there's not really a board. You update the. Contents. The tiles that
0: are available the that can tiles. become the house.
1: Yeah. Do you update the cards? You don't update any cards, do we? You do. You update well, cards. you add cards. You add you cards.
0: Don't... You mark cards. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we do mark cards. Happen. Yeah.
1: Um, so that kind of some of those textures change. The
0: idea being that the history of what happened previous is going to affect. Right. You know, what happens in the future. Right. right. And so
1: hopefully you get emotionally tied to your. How I keep I keep wanting to say house like house Harkonnen. Um you, you get tied to your family. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a Dune reference. It's a Dune reference, which I'm so excited about. Anyway, um yeah, so that's the idea. What am I missing? What are we what 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 else is there? What well, am I forgetting?
0: I, I think I think what the game is trying to to promise you is that it's it's taking this base game that doesn't really have a lot of point or, done, or any history, you're just like walking into a random house and things happen and trying to build some like epic scale sense of story over time, right? Of like, oh, in the 1680s, hmm. you found this death mask and then, oh, look, we found Uncle Bob's death mask in the 1800s and it's these artifacts coming back.
1: Yeah. So the, the promise is narrative, right? The promises eventually these are going to weave together in some interesting way. Right. Right. Did that happen?
0: No, we're not going <laughs> to spoil anything. We're not going to spoil anything. We're not going to say what happened. Okay, but I think to a person, we had five of us that played. We were all disappointed.
1: Yeah, like
0: very much so. And I, and again, I don't. I'm not going to talk about why we were disappointed. And I was the I don't com- wanna,
1: well, I way. was the completionist that was like, we just have to finish the yes. game. We just I, have to. Push we would through. not have.
0: Yeah. So we had three to go. I, I
1: apologize. We
0: played last Saturday. We would not have played those if. Jason did not want to play those. <laughs> um, I would have been happy just flipping fruit smoothies and fabled fruit, fabled fruit, and you know having the zebra yeah.
1: do
0: stuff with grape smoothies or whatever. The monkey, and uh, exactly. Yeah. But we played this, and man, there were some. There were some good moments over the last year. We did have a couple good times. You know, that's very. We had two. We had two. We had exactly two. Exactly two. I mean,
1: there were it. it, it there were some ups and downs. I think at the end of the day, there were a lot more downs than there were ups. Right. Um, You hit one of
0: the things that was really disappointing and it had to do with sort of the scale of the cards that you're drawing and how mm -hmm. much you would actually remember from game to game of what could happen. Like,
1: well, so I I got convinced near the end of this cycle of playing this game that I'm like, we must have missed a rule where like you your character your your family can kind of keep equipment over time. And as an aside,
0: this would not be the first time that
1: I right. would have missed a rule. I mean, so it would be possible. And and, and it, <laughs> I don't believe you missed a rule, but I was trying to find a way that this this narrative or some of the consistency would would happen. Right? Like, what did we miss that that kind of Brought that goal home. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause some of the haunts are interesting.
0: Yeah. Right? Some are
1: the stories are, are, are mostly kind of fun. They don't hang together very well. There there, there's not a right. lot of right, like <laughs> consistency of, of that arc. And you don't really get invested in your, your people. I mean, you, so you, there's a mechanic where your family gets to mark things that you find. As, right. Heirloom
0: them is right. what it's called. Yeah. Heirloom
1: them. Um, you basically etch your initials in them, right? Yep. And then a couple games later, you find the same thing, and it's slightly more useful.
0: But it, but you never like get to start with that heirloom item or, or nothing. So it's it's all kind of random, as if you even encounter that heirloom right. item, and then you have to get lucky enough
1: to to get it. And then it has to be useful in the haunt that you're playing,
0: right? And there's so many different <laughs> effects and different things. You're like, ah, that's kind of okay, you know. And it 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 all the effects are just so minor and. And just don't end up being meaningful,
1: and they're not coherent. So one no, of the one, one of the other mechanics is you get a uh, kind of a, a job, not a job. What is the you, you're better with the terminology? Oh, you get a role, uh, a right? calling, a calling, a yes. calling. Yeah. Um, and so these are things
0: like you can be the doctor or the occultist or yeah. these various sort of titles. that give you little. Um, bonuses like you might get to roll an extra die if there's a ghost on your tile or just little you know just little one-off things that are on the scale of like a pandemic special ability
1: but they're kind of neat right so like when they line up with the game right yeah it's really nice now in pandemic you kind of build that in right in pandemic legacy right mm-hmm. so there's a similar sort of thing where you kind of have skills right yep. and you get to choose those and add those to your character as the as the so much better on. done um,
0: so much better. And and
1: this, they just happen to you randomly at the beginning of the game, right, right? right? And so you don't feel any kind of emotional connection to that role. You can't, hey, the next time I play that game, I'm gonna. This is my role as as a team member, right? In or, the or, house,
0: or or permanently getting to change your stats would be cool. Like something that right. is like this character is my own. The so, only thing that was my own about the character is that it was red. You know what I mean? It just it just And it
1: had the same family name. So really it's it's the lack of RPG style progress. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: a that's a big part of it. And the parts that they do inject that into, you don't encounter them enough. It's like, okay, we played this game, we have this RPG thing where it's like, there's my pitchfork, but then Maybe three games later, like you'll find my pitchfork, right? And then you'd have to get it to me for it to even be useful. You may not want to give it to me, and And you're
1: finding ghosts that you can't hit with physical objects. So it's just all sorts
0: of yeah, all sorts of issues.
1: Well, Um, and so the the thing that I just was baffled by is there's obviously a lot of effort to wire this together, right? Like mm -hmm. this is not a a lazy build. You know what I mean? Like that, oh, there's a lot of work that goes – yeah, clearly. Yeah, like, <laughs> There's a lot of
0: writing and
1: yeah, so all, I, all
0: sorts of link uh, – I can imagine the spreadsheets of linking like <laughs> which cards need to be in and out and all that type of business. And,
1: and there definitely seemed to be kind of a branching narrative sort of thing, right? Like there were <laughs> – As it were. I'm just trying yeah. to give them their yes. due here, right? Like there was obviously a – if you've gone down – if this has occurred, then remove these cards from Correct. the game add those cards to the game. Yes. And that seemed to build on itself over time. But it had very, very little effect. Well,
0: I would argue that no one would have noticed. Yeah. I mean, if you had just put all the cards in any way, things were so random it would have been like, oh, why is why did you find a magical rubber band on making that item up? Like it'd be like, <laughs> oh well, I don't know. Like it wouldn't actually have to have mattered. But the one thing I want to step away from is yeah, the whole legacy part of it like has promise and seems like it could work at times, but ultimately really failed for us. But just the individual games themselves mm-hmm. are such a friggin' slog that you're, that by the end, you're just like – they just the, – the balance on the various haunts is really off. Maybe it was the five-player thing. I'm not sure. But well, so, the balance just always felt like either we were all doomed to die right away or, man, it would suck to be the traitor because they got no shot. <laughs> right? It just there was not a lot of tension
1: in the haunts. Right. So that that kind of made it not fun for – The trader. The trader most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. Um, Either way. Um, You know, I I think there's always going to be a challenge, I think, in these trader games because, you know, you have to be the right personality to be the bad guy in those games sometimes, right? Like, sometimes it's just not fun. Yeah, some people don't
0: like to to play that role. They don't like to play the one in a one versus many. It's just not their bag. Right, right. Yeah.
1: But that said, I, I totally agree with you that the balance was... Just missing, right? And so that that sapped the tension. Yep. Um, the lack of really coherence over time. So la- the lack of having a character that you're building mm-hmm. that seemed to sap the tension. Um, yeah, there was. It was very sloggy.
0: I, I mean, when you compare it to Pandemic Legacy, which you know, I would just say objectively is built on a better skeleton of a game. Like vanilla Pandemic. There's just no question in my mind that it's a better game yeah. to play, and I would play it every single time over. I would play Betrayal when I was on the Hill, but I thought that the legacy parts would elevate um, Betrayal to be uh, better. I would say that we all had a good time, but we had we had a good time at the expense of the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 our good time was making fun of of like sort of our bad experience with the game and yeah. i think part of that it was just sort of like what's that what's the name of that psychological thing when you're all in a uh, bad situation and you're
1: right right whatever right. that is not stockholm syndrome not
0: stockholm yeah, syndrome yeah, but you're yeah, yeah. you know you're all like bonding over, suffering. bonding over something that's kind of crappy and you're just like oh you know and it's certainly not the most positive experience
1: um so that was... So what What that, was... That was that. What was the upside? There were some... Good, when was it good?
0: The upsides... Okay, yeah. That's a great question. The upsides for me were when the game uh, subverted my expectations and surprised me. Mm-hmm. So... You go into it thinking, okay, everything is going to be this type of a haunt where somebody's going to be the traitor, and then we're going to have to go kill them, and they're going to get to move little monsters around the board to try and kill us, and they'll put they'll put some sheen of a story on top of that of what those little monsters are. That's kind of like the vanilla haunt, right? And any time that the game subverted that—and this is the part I don't really want to spoil—but those moments right. when, it, when it played with that formula, I think are— um, when it was most successful. Now the entire execution of that wasn't always amazing. Like maybe it got really, it was the balance wasn't right or whatever, but the idea was there. And those are the parts that I thought were fun. I was and like, Oh, that's cool. cool.
1: So I, so I kind of had the opposite. Like for me, it was when the balance actually made sense. And when okay. like, so I enjoyed, you know, being the, the villain. Um, and I thought it was fun, but it wasn't fun when there was no balance, when I had no chance, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just like, this is, that's when it became a slog. But to me, when they kind of subverted the model, it felt a little clever. Like, oh, look at what we're doing. It's so clever. Yeah. Uh, and you have like a, a kind of a two second moment of realization. And then the tension was gone again for me. So like really it, it seems like it has promise, but the, the way to get that promise is to build that tension in and mm-hmm. build in you know, some sort of connection to your character.
0: Yeah. I think you're, you're probably, you're probably right. Actually. When I think about the, the games that were the most successful, I think there was one or two where you were the villain and you were pretty powerful and we thought we were going to lose, but then we ended up winning like in a last stroke and and that was the best game. Right. Yeah. So you, 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 are, you are probably right. I did appreciate some of the more inspired moments. Um, but yeah, ultimately what it needs is for, for you to feel like oh there's no hope and then you pull it out in the same way that you often can pull out in some of the co-op legacy games yeah or whatever yeah. right and it and then even and I've played enough one versus many where I'm the one or DM'd games where like I don't I, like I do that often enough that I I participate in the many's right. triumph yeah like yeah. I, I don't yeah. I don't I think of it as my job when I'm playing the one again as the DM or or playing imperial assault or Descent or, or anything like that, I see it as my job to facilitate that the table has fun, not that like I crush everybody. Yeah. Unless someone at the table, and this is not our group, but unless it's, someone at the, the table is just obnoxious <laughs> about it, and you're it, like, ah. Oh. Well, because then it, then they're breaking the contract. Correct. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if if someone else is breaking the contract of of me playing the role to facilitate the game and and have that happen, and, and they're going to make it a bad experience, then I'm likely to fall into that trap too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but if everyone's holding up their end of the contract, I'm totally up for, you know, like having a close one and losing, like that's, yeah. that's a harm percent. There was,
1: there was, um, the, so, the, so I agree with you that the, the clever like inversions of the game and, and the inversion of expectations, there were a couple of places where I thought it was done well and the writing was good. It was just too often. I remember one particular case where like, we all knew it yeah. had been subverted. And Stacy was just like slumped. Just like, let it end. Yes. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just, let it end. You know, and it <laughs> um, So that, yeah, I, just maintaining the ability where everyone feels like someone can win and, 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 and we're really going back and forth. I think those were the points where it was great. And
0: yeah. 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 Well, that's the other problem with a five-player game where it's a one versus many. I mean, if you're not powerful as the one – Right. It's really terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's really terrible because you because you basically have four brains against you, right? And, and you already it, can't win. Yeah, and you already can't win. Whereas, like in D and D, if you're the DM, well, you can you can pull whatever you want out right. of thin air to to get the balance back and bring tension and make it fun. I mean, right. that's your job. Yeah. Right. And when you're playing in this type of rule set, it just I don't know, it just doesn't work. I mean, that that's our deep yeah. dive on Betrayal Legacy. I think. Um, the game is buried. It's it's in the landfill. It's gone.
1: I have my character upstairs. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm gonna keep it <laughs> I wanna forever.
0: I wanna talk about a couple other uh things just in the vein of, of legacy things while we're talking about. We've obviously talked about Pandemic Legacy in the past. We talked about this a bunch over the last year. Um, two other games that have uh been in in my on my table recently. One is Clank Legacy, so this is Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated, which I'll talk about that. And then the other one is a game called Oath uh, Chronicles of Exile of Empire and Exile. That's what it is. So first, Clank Legacy. Clank Legacy is a much more traditional legacy style of game where you open up things, apply stickers, rip up things, mm-hmm. et cetera. This is all on top of the base game of Clank. So the base game of Clank is you are four adventurers that, that go – uh, out dungeoneering and you are managing how much noise you make. Cause you don't want to wake up the dragon and you're trying to go and steal an artifact and then get out before the dragon awakes and kills you.
1: Without making the clank sound.
0: Without ma- yeah. So like you have the, the currency in the game, one of the currencies in the game is clank, like literally clank with an exclamation point. <laughs> right. And as you do certain <laughs> things like fight monsters or whatever, you're causing noise and you're putting these noise cubes into a bag. And then whenever something happens, a particular event happens, you draw cubes out of the bag and that's you taking damage. Mm-hmm. So it's kinda like if you make too much noise, it's a push your luck type of thing. What type of th- you go after? The 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 core of the game is is a deck builder. Mm-hmm. So it's a deck builder straight up in the style of Ascension or any of these games where you have a shared market of cards that's on a conveyor belt and you're just building your deck, you draw five cards, play out your turn, you know, maybe buy some market cards, move your piece, etc. So it's very like that part is very um vanilla, but it's light, it's fun, the the base game works just fine. What the legacy part does on top of it that I think is really working well. We've played this twice and I'm playing this with my family. something mm-hmm. with Stacy and both kids is one, it's a competitive game, which works better for at least my son. He doesn't really care for the cooperative games. So mm. my daughter probably wouldn't mind. Um, so that part works well. It just kind of gets everyone more engaged. And right from the start, you get this box and everyone has unique goals on the back. So right from the get go, right. like you have, like a mission of what you're <laughs> supposed to do. Like, Oh, get 30 of these or, you know, very, very like RPG trope style. Like everything about this game is playing off of RPG tropes and corporate tropes, which is the <laughs> other funny part. So if you, are you familiar with acquisitions incorporated?
1: Not really, but Not really. You, you explained it to me. I've day.
0: explained it. Yeah. So this is, uh, the, the Gabe and Tyco from Penny arcade. Right. Right. This is, their thing with like Patrick Rothfuss and the DM for this is Chris Perkins. Who's like the real famous, uh, wizards of the coast, like D and D, you know, DM guy. He writes a ton of, uh, the fifth edition material. Okay. Chris Perkins has been involved forever. So he's the DM running this game and they, uh, perform at all sorts of cons and stuff. And it's like, you know, on a stage, it's like, it's D and D as theater, but not like live D and D it's like watching like critical role or Mm -hmm. something like that. So they also have, you know, YouTube things and you can watch them play. And it's if you're like a hardcore rules person, you're gonna
1: you yeah yeah you're gonna
0: be pissed off with <laughs> this. But they're funny. That's fun. not
1: why you it's not why you watch.
0: Yeah, I mean Jerry and you know, they're they're funny. I mean their whole <laughs> their whole thing is, is hilarious. But what they've done is they've licensed that whole all those characters and the their art and mm-hmm. everything from Penny Arcade mm-hmm. uh into and basically made a mashup of right. the Clank game with Acquisitions Incorporated, which is like <laughs> the corporate umbrella. So the idea is that, you know, there's the CEO and you are a franchisee adventuring group.
1: Naturally. Yes.
0: Right. <laughs> and it has all sorts of, you know, to any one of, to anybody who's worked in corporate world, lots of, you know, you get to buy. It's funny when you're, when you're playing an RPG game and there's a card that's called Synergy, right? Or right. Consultant <laughs> or things like that. Kind of go over the kids' head heads, but it's... uh it's pretty good. So that's just working really well. Cause it, it has all these, um, it has goals and it, and it's funny and it's very dynamic. Another thing it does really well is it has all sorts of side quests because of course it's a RPG style thing, which means that everyone has their personal goals, but, and you're also this big goal, but there's also like, Ooh, we could go do that. And if we don't, and it, and that all really ties together really nicely. So it's, it's working pretty well. Um so what are the high points of that game? The high points of that game I think are um it has a lot of the what's in the box type of stuff. Like what what are the new things? Okay. So like the, the standard stuff you'd expect out of a legacy kids, game. When the kids
1: get excited, right? Is that the part of the game? Like you're gonna open is that when Jason gets excited? Jason's like, yeah. Oh, I get to open the new thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's probably the the high point. I mean the gameplay itself is still effectively clinked, but just the fact that there's so much changing, and your the whole dis- conceit of it—I always say deceit when I want to say conceit. The whole conceit of it <laughs> is that you are competing with this imaginary other adventuring group. So that's kind of the clock that keeps you all. Oh, okay. Right.
1: You don't want to get you don't Beat want to get by the other team was, that doesn't yeah. even <laughs> exist. <laughs> I was I was going to say you don't have the the acquisitions people do a, a force first forcible acquisition. What is it? when Someone buys you out in uh, a merger. Uh, 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 a hustle takeover. hostile yeah. takeover. You don't want that to happen. Right. Yeah. Right. Have the consultants. They have show all sorts up.
0: of funny things like, you know, whoever does this in the game becomes like the associate <laughs> of the month and just nonsense, you know. It's, do you get do really you get fun. positives
1: when you do the associate of the month or do you lose charisma cuz everyone resents you?
0: No, you get you get positives. Yeah, you get you get things. <laughs> so you get to like when you when you meet your goals like you're you have your review and then mm-hmm. you get to improve your starting deck, Aww. right? So it's Aww. just
1: It's the one place yearly reviews are useful is in (laughs) Clank Legacy. (laughs) Well,
0: it's kind of the perfect thing for me because I've had a, you know, career of corporate reviews and all that stuff with lots of RPG stuff. So it's this game just puts (laughs) them together and it's beautiful. So it's very fun. Um, the other thing in the legacy fan I want to talk about is a, a game that's on Kickstarter. I think as of today, it is just under a million bucks. It's like in the mid-900s.
1: That's how much they made, not how much it costs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's correct. Although right. the price point is not cheap. It, isn't, <laughs> it, is, ni- it is 90 bucks. Nice. Um, so it's 90 bucks and they're like, I don't know, somewhere in the 900,000s uh, with two days to go on the Kickstarter. This and game this, is called Oath yes. Chronicles of Empire and Exile. So
1: this is O-A-T-H. O-A-T-H, like,
0: Oath. Like yes. I took an oath of yep. office. Yep. Uh, this is the new game from Cole Worley who has done Root and has done PAX Premier 2nd Edition. Both two of my... Jason's favorite game. Top... 15 games for me. Top 15? Well, Pex is top five. Top five. Rude is probably top 10. Yeah. So, probably top 10 games. Yeah. yeah, they're both probably top 10 games. Um, I'm a huge fan of his designs. I'm just a huge fan of of his whole, I don't know what the right word is. Ethic isn't the right word. Uh, uh, design,
1: design, design aesthetic. aesthetic? Di- yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. misusing a lot That's of a words very corporate
0: here. corporate term. You're design really... aesthetic. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I like the way that he thinks about games and I'll talk about the game in a sec, but he, he writes these designer diaries and he had one the other day and he, he, he linked these various like roguelike video games that inspired him that desire, his, mm-hmm. inspired his design, um, you know, his way of thinking about design. Um, and I was like, aha, that it was like, that is why I'm in sync with you. Right. Like, I, I see, I, the things that he sees as goods, I see as goods. Right. Right. Because you both love the roguelikes. Yeah. You take a minimalist set of mm-hmm. elements and then every the, the narrative is emergent from the combination of those elements.
1: And you build on it.
0: And you build on it as opposed yeah. to pre-scripting out stories that someone reads to you. Right? I'm much more... I like kind of seeing what, what emerges. So this game is something he's been working on for a long time. I played the print and play last night. I'm printing out. I'm going to cut out a copy to, to play because it's not released till next January. And the theme of this game is about the rise and fall of empires over time. Mm-hmm. And this is not legacy in the way that the other games we talked about is, but it's more legacy kind of like, you know how Fabled Fruit has that rolling deck? Right. Right? Where you play and then like new things come and some things go away. Right. Right? So this is more in that spirit, not exactly, but more in that spirit than the other things where you're ripping stuff up and and, and opening <laughs> stickers, right? So in this game, you have a deck and then there's different factions like Beasts and Order and uh, Order Chaos, um, Arcane, you know, just sort of mm-hmm. your typical things like that. Whoever wins the game, they become the ruler of the next empire for the next game, right? The next time you play. And then the deck that's involved is going to change based on what they won with. So let's say that um, let's say I won, and the advisors in my game were were beasts, right? The next game is going to have more wolves and beast-like things, right, in it because that's the prevailing power in the world, right? Right. So it's this—they're
1: on the ascendancy. They're
0: on the ascendancy, exactly. And you're gonna and you're gonna take some other cards out, and so it's going to be this kind of rolling thing, as well as like if I won at the in the mountains and in the river, that's my empire next time, and then we explore new lands, and so hmm. it's. It, it's it's really interesting. I mean, we really struggled with the rules. I mean, it's last night it's just because it's a print and play, right, and it's right. still kind of alpha. Um, but it it's uh, it's cool, and I'm looking forward to spending more time with it. I like that idea of of the legacy concept of something always evolving without it necessarily ending.
1: Do you feel like that um, that keeping the setting and 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 some of those aspects really consistent, right? By binding each. Gameplay to the previous play. Do you feel like that's really keeping you connected? Did do you feel like you're going to keep playing this game? And you're going to be like, oh, I'll remember last time? And do you feel like that I, is working? Maybe. Or? I mean,
0: I, I, what I hope happens is that maybe a certain combination of cards emerges as being pretty powerful, and then so the way the terminology of the game is, whoever is the in power, they're the Chancellor, mm-hmm. and then everyone else starts the game as exiles. Okay. And then the chancellor can enfranchise exiles to be citizens. Hmm. Okay. So that you're either the chancellor, in which case you're just, you're the chancellor for that game. You're an exile, which is how you start the game if you're not the chancellor, or you can become a citizen or be exiled out. Right. Right. If you um, become a citizen, you effectively have bonded with the chancellor. You're part of their whole franchise. And now you're just internally fighting for who has the most prestige. With within the empire, right. right? You're kind of playing a little, you're trying to still take care of the exiles, but you're also trying to make sure that you have that internal power so that you become the chancellor next time. So if, um, you know, and if you're the chancellor, you also get to pick like, what is the main way that you score points in the next game? So there's these cool things like that. So I think that will help link the games. The other thing that I hope will happen is that um, like I said, certain combos, like, oh, you had longbows and this, you know, there's all, there's like right. 200 unique cards, right? And the exiles may say, oh, that was really powerful. We are going to come and fight for that, mm-hmm. right? We're going to like, we need that because that's very powerful against us. And so if that type of play emerges where the lessons learned from previous games affect strategies in the future, right. I think that'll be really cool. And hmm. um, in, in, it I think that it's compared to his other games, I think it's mechanically easier so right. root you haven't played root, but root has a lot of asymmetry I mean now with the expansions, there's eight different factions right which are literally eight different rule sets, like they all score points different ways and they have different
1: and goals different and, goals and, yep.
0: different everything It's very complicated to kind of keep all that in your head um and then you have Pex premier, which I personally don't think is all that complicated mechanically, like compared to other PEX games. But the whole setting of it being like the great game in Afghanistan, I mean, it's it's not something that is going to like just <laughs> pull people in
1: yeah.
0: on its own, right? It's, yeah. It comes across as dry and historical. there's
1: verbiage on the cards, right? There's like,
0: but that's kind of what. His card's always like, I've already used verbiage of citizens and chancellor and exile. Like, he's,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean, there's, yeah. there's, it's, inti- I think it's intimidating when you sit down to a game, right? And yep. there's a bunch of words and you're like, oh, I have to read these words to react, right? And you don't really have to in Impact's in, premiere. Impact's premiere, it right?
0: it's really about the icons. But you
1: feel like you want to, right? Like you feel like you're losing okay. the texture of the game. Okay. Right when there's a paragraph there that you're just kind of blowing by, right? Interesting. I don't, you I, don't get that?
0: No, probably because I played you know, a decade and a half of magic, the gathering and those cards have flavor text on them. Flavor
1: just washes off. Flavor text
0: just washes off (laughs) of me. I'm just like, what does this card do? Right. So I have like, when, you know, we'll talk about this in a bit. We just played Watergate, like your immediate reaction. When you see cards that to me are not even that text heavy, although I agree with you that that could use some, some icons would help for sure. Um, But I just have years of like quickly parsing what some cards are to the point where, (laughs) When you play magic a lot or any other type of game like that, your brain just starts to glue different actions with the pictures of the card. You yeah. don't even read yeah. the card anymore. Well,
1: you, you build abstractions, you just, right? You
0: have build abstractions. Totally. Yeah. And, yeah. and you don't, you don't think about that. And you're just like, when you play enough, you're like, Oh, that does that. I don't need to read what giant growth right. does. I know what giant growth It's
1: like, growth like seeing does. a stop sign after a while. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but I was going to say in, in pecs, when you're like, I don't have that reaction to the game. i I see all that text and I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll read that later. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: I'll sit in bed and read all these character cards. Yeah. Yeah. But he,
0: I, I, I'm really looking forward. I hope, um, I hope to get a bunch of plays. I mean, this is something that I think, I think you might like this one.
1: It sounds like it has a good balance of the simplicity I, and I the complexity. Think, I think this might be
0: the best fit for you of the game's, of his, I think, root would just overwhelm you. I think, right. I don't think that would work for you at all. Um, I think Pex Premier has kind of a lot going on. Oath appears to be much less opaque than the other games. Like, I can very clearly say, and you would know on your turn, this is what I should be doing, and I can right. tell you that. And you could have a much more direct approach to connecting the levers you should pull with the outcomes that you want, right? Which Pex Premier has like a whole bunch of cloudy <laughs> stuff in between those two <laughs> things, right? Um, so I, I, I'm i really looking forward to cutting that out and, and getting that on the table and, and playing that a bit more. But I just want to chat about that as another way to approach the legacy thing that has more of that kind of roguelike approach, where instead of the story where it's like, oh, okay, there's going to be different things every time and it's going to change a little bit. You unlocked this, so this is now possible. So hmm. should be cool. So that's Oath Chronicles of Empire and Exile. Probably not the last time that you'll... <laughs> Hear about that here, and I hope I got the name right. So what have you been up to?
1: Well, I was influenced by your many mentions of XCOM two. Uh and so over the last couple months I played XCOM two and I kind of understand what's going on. Right. So tactical strategy, right? Yep. You build a bunch of characters you equip them with weapons you have a tech tree right to get equipment for them you have a larger
0: tech tree you each individual mm -hmm. uh you have a skill tree for each individual uh what are they what are they called soldiers i guess yeah yeah, i'm not sure what each person they're called XCOM agents i'm not sure what they're called yeah yeah you know each individual agent has their own skill tree that you're moving them up that's binary
1: right like you choose at each level you choose one or another skill yep uh and you kind of can't go back Right. Yep. So so there's that. And then there's So
0: for instance, like mm-hmm. your sniper, do you want your sniper to be super ghost sniper who can hit from three miles away and nobody ever sees? Or do you want your sniper to be more of a skirmisher sniper right. type of person? As yeah, yeah, an yeah, example. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and then there's a bunch of choosing where to go on the map, there's choosing what to build inside this giant flying spaceship sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm um choosing what to modify right so there's a lot that's why
0: they called it war of the chosen
1: right (laughs) (laughs) because
0: there's a lot of choosing but
1: that's the base game right there's there's so many choices so there's how do you want to build out your characters which part of the tech tree do you go do you do you spend your energy going down you know and then you have a bunch of resources you have intelligence resources you have supplies right yep you can you know buy you can hire more people right you can recruit more more yeah. low level soldiers and you can train them and then you can kind of mix them in and get them experience if, if there
0: was no tactics battles whatsoever there's almost enough game there not quite but almost enough game where you could have kind of like a mediocre agency simulation game sure like people yeah, would, yeah. some people would play that game on their mobile phone like right. just without the tactics whatsoever, be yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. do I optimize my agency for all these different things? Like, I don't think it'd be the best game,
1: a bureaucracy simulator, but some people <laughs> would
0: play it. Right. I mean, people play prison simulators for the gods. It's true. Of God, it's
1: true. Horrific. Um, so one of the things that took me a while to figure out is that the tech tree, the, there's kind of a tech tree aspect to it, but the tech tree is not super clear what you get. like, in other games where that have tech trees like Civ, you can see where you're going most of the time. Oh,
0: right. This, is, this gives you that blindness where it's like, oh, right. we'll, we'll try this. Uh, just do the thing, right? Yeah. Hey, we found an alien body. Let's do an autopsy. Right. It's,
1: you, you have like 20, 20 different – you have 10 alien bodies and four pieces of technology. Which one do you spend X number of days and resources and on? And the
0: first time you play through the game, good luck. You're just totally baffled. Totally. Yeah. Which um, is
1: beautiful. Which is – Sometimes beautiful. Sometimes you're just like, I just want to understand what I'm ma- the. De- I want to understand the impact of the decisions I'm making, right? Yeah. Um, and then you build out things in your base, and you get eventually you get a, a psychic character class, right? Uh-huh. So you start with what four? You have a sniper, uh, heavy, a heavy that grenades and machine guns. Yeah, a support a saw a support person that, and then just a things. plain old.
0: Soldier, whatever. I don't remember what they're called. Uh, Aren't they just...
1: Sniper. Did I miss one? Counting ranger? What's the... Ranger, R- yeah. is that, yeah, ranger? Yeah, is that what it is? You, okay. you have a person with a machete, basically.
0: Who in my game was my MVP. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know about I, yours. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I, that person... It's, yeah, it's Conan the Barbarian with a machine gun. It's amazing. I, I mean, that person would just <laughs>
0: obliterate things. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they have incredible movement, and their hit percentage is so high. that yeah. If you need something done you, you need one of them. They're also the ones that are most likely like if something goes south, like it can go down really hard if they get hurt. Right. You know, cause, cause they
1: can't go chop everybody up with their exactly. Yeah. So
0: you've got to, you've got to use them once you learn how to use them properly. Um, like where the thing where you can have them take something out and then move to get into cover. Like that's key. Yeah. Uh, you need those abilities. They're very weak to begin with, but they yeah. get to be awesome.
1: So, four base character classes, right? Yep. All these complexity of this tree. And then you have a fifth class that eventually appears. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what else what else am I missing from this base game that you've I think you play this over, you play this like on the hard mode and right you've Yeah, you've I played it without
0: these, the without the saves coming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah without I, cheating. Without cheating. Yeah. Without <laughs> without, oh I lost that guy. My favorite guy died. I would just be like, well, I should have played better and yep. don't lose my favorite guy. So yeah, you yeah. just gotta so, so Carry on.
1: what am I am I forgetting anything from the base game that, that you think is important?
0: Um well I mean the the way that I mean if if everyone understands what a tactical you know mission game is <laughs> right, right. of moving around in squares and turn based. Tile-based,
1: turn based.
0: Yeah, it's tile based, turn based. You're dropped in and you have some objective like, you know, uh, sometimes you know the objective, sometimes you don't. It might be like escort this guy over here or take this thing out. And it's very much fog of war yeah. where, where there's like a certain range that you can see. And then as you move, you need to like expose that. And you can definitely, I don't know if War of the Chosen changes this, but a key skill in the game is learning how to gamify the fog of war. yeah, Because you need to trigger it so that the aliens do what they're going to do mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't necessarily hurt you. So that then you can take care of business and kick their ass. Yep. Now that you can see them. Yep. Right. And so figuring out exactly how the fog of war works in the game, which you're really like playing the game. And I mean that in a derogatory way. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not natural. Um,
1: You're not doing a tactical squad, squad thing. You are playing the mechanics of the game.
0: Yeah. You know that it's eight tiles away or whatever it is.
1: To be clear, you love this game.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just pointing out that, that, that it's not, like, because of some, like, you know, incredible military sense that I have in my yeah, mind. It's yeah, yeah. just because I know how to do you, math. And, yeah, you, you, know, you it's like, like, math
1: and turn-based things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, w- uh, I'm just trying to set up the base game. Um, and the last thing I, I I think that I would ask you is, what do you think about the narrative and the kind of the acting of the base game?
0: Like, oh, it's kind of just... Stilted and you know, like um it it's like watching one of those network television shows like uh <laughs> um twenty four or, or, or something like that where it's like, you know, people all working in this like warehouse with computers and right. big screen TV and like some guy in a you know gray hair buzz cut comes on the big screen and says, Agents, you know, we must do this and you know, it's all that sort of <laughs> just all that sort of like you know, government cheesy nonsense. Like, I don't know. That's
1: the way that people think military things work on television. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: And and it's all done in this way that it all looks like a studio. And I don't know. I mean, that, that part of the game is not (laughs) elevated for me.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I get, I get it. It's not a super narrative game. Like there's an arc, right? There's a story that happens during the game. Sure but not much of one. The real like, character-driven stuff is you, that I think people get out of it is you know, building out their characters and, and trying not to let them die. Well, and,
0: so that's big. That's yeah. a big part. The other big part is, is I think that there are some genuinely difficult decisions where you could argue one way I don't know that there's always a right decision on what to do on the world map. Correct. There's some difficult decisions where you're like, and this plays into my philosophy of games in general, where my philosophy in games in general is health is a resource. Like I am not a person that believes in like, I need to finish every game with full health. Like my health is a way, it's a currency in a game because it's a game that I can spend for time or for um, whatever to ignore something, to pay attention to something else that's more important. So learning in the game that you cannot do every single thing Mm -hmm. and you have to let some things go and just understanding like, okay, well, I can weigh the... Weighing, weighing those costs of, you know, what's the risk and the, the, it's like the cost benefit analysis of the different choices you have. That's interesting.
1: But this, this actually is a way that kind of a cheesy game a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Achieves replayability, right? It does. Because, because you can use a different strategy next time, or you can build on, Mm -hmm. like you can make different decisions and they're not necessarily wrong decisions. They're kind of RPG style decisions, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the base game. So I've been playing War of the Chosen because I got through the base game. B- Before you get there, okay, yeah, yeah. one
0: one other thing that's in the base game, and this is my actually my least favorite part of the game. The whole little mini game of like where to place your rooms in your base is just dumb. Yeah. Like that like, th- it, it, that needs to be abstracted <laughs> out of the game. Because like, that's of all the things that you choose in the game, of like, you know, oh, put the power converter next to the laboratory or I I'm I don't remember yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. supposed to do. But like you know making room in your dollhouse is not what's why I want to play XCOM <laughs> I don't know that's just that part feels especially weak and should have been shed out of the game when they when they redid it but that's another sort of thing that you have to choose is that little dollhouse cross section right i, I
1: do not you, don't you find things, that
0: part kind of dumb i just ignore it okay like, but I mean, uh, you have to you can be optimal with it
1: yeah, you could. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you could be there's so much to the base game that you could be optimal with and yeah. I choose to ignore that part cuz it's obnoxious.
0: So I have not played War of the Chosen. So tell me about what this brings.
1: So first of all, what is a Chosen, right? No idea. Yeah, exactly. So there are um three kind of Chosen hero characters that advent the bad guys, the aliens get in this game. So you have and a, there's an the, ass- the advent is the bad guys. The advent is the right, bad guys. Because I get
0: it confused. Halo is the covenant. It was in the original Halo was the covenant. So <laughs> all right, go on.
1: Um, so there's a there's a, a an assassin, a hunter, and a warlock are the three different names. And these are their characters. They they're they're kind of fun, right? The, ro- the rogue, the warrior, him. and the wizard. Uh, sure. Okay. Um. Yeah. So the assassins, like stealthy, shows up. For example, the rogue. Yeah, like it doesn't trigger Overwatch, right? Mm-hmm. So you can be in the middle of something. What's it, Overwatch? What is Overwatch, right? So it's not, not it, the game Not from Squad Site,
0: Not, not, not and, the Valve game.
1: And not Squad Site. So you can set your characters in a mode where instead of taking an action, they're going to sit there and wait for some motion and yep. they'll shoot the first thing that moves.
0: It, it's the key part of the tactics of the game. It's, yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, the... Yeah. Unless you master, like I said, you have to master Fog of War and you have to master how to correctly use Overwatch without taking eight years to complete a mission, right? <laughs> I mean, those two things are like how you become good at the game. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay. So they, they, they can move without triggering Overwatch. Right.
1: So they each get a region. So basically the, game, the game's more or less very similar in, in terms of you're doing the same kind of arc, you're progressing through okay. the same tech trees mostly but there are a bunch of differences and you have these three heroes that show up and just try to smash you right um they have all these extra abilities and powers that's just one example okay right um not triggering overwatch um and so they talk to you they're constantly kind of in conversations with you they're aliens they're aliens okay right and they're taunting you and i will get you yeah right sort of are they
0: are they in cahoots with each other or they separate? yeah yeah well they're they're they, are all part of the advent.
1: They're all part of the advent. Okay. They're all serving the uh, what's the term? Not the overlords. It Not the matter. tallest. The bosses. Um, whatever. The, the bad bosses. Um, but they all just show up on the battlefield, right? And just one at a time will show up and ruin your day. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't get rid of them as the game goes by, they will attack the ship, and you lose the game. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to kind of balance all the regular things that you're doing with this. And combine with so so that's that's who the chosen is right so they're, they're another menace that's added to the game yep um, <clears throat> but then
0: they make it just objectively harder yeah okay all right I mean it
1: feels that way sure, I'm sure. playing I'm playing on the base level I'm not playing on hard yeah, so, yeah. Um, but it definitely feels that way because uh, you already have a hard thing and then the yep. the, the, the evil things show up uh, but then. You have three new factions, right? So regularly you, you have the resistance, right? In the, in, in the game you have just partisans out in the world. Okay. Right? But now those are broken up into three factions. So they're okay. They're broken up into the Reapers, the Skirmishers, and the Templars, which are essentially three new character classes, right? So mm. you eventually get characters of each of these classes. Okay. So, so one, the Reapers are kind of super snipers. They okay. Can, they can snipe. And not necessarily be discovered, right? And so they all have their own tech trees. Yep. Uh, the skirmishers have their own tech trees. They have like a, a grappling hook and they can shoot around the map and grab people and that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, and then the Templars are these kind of uh, laser sword psychic people. They're kind of the the Jedi <clears throat> characters. Um, so you get three new character classes think with- I think
0: Jedi's. If you look the definition up, it literally is laser sword psychic people.
1: Well, you know, you know, yeah. laser sword magic users, yeah, right? They're Jedi's, yeah. Um, so, so now we've got more complexity. As so, there's a bunch of new characters, right? So, each leader of each of these resistance factions is talking to you, you're making kind of deals with them, okay? Uh, there is background missions. So you are constantly so ass- there's just more, there's more stuff. Yeah. Okay. So but
0: the, did you play through the base
1: game or you, you yeah. own? No, I played through the base game. So you
0: finished the base game and then you added this on. Correct. Got it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a totally different mode. Like the intro is slightly Were You different. just
0: like, hell yeah. When you finished the base game, wasn't it great?
1: Yeah. I know. Yeah. After the 17th time I played the last level. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like one
0: time, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> Good, job.
1: Good job. Um, so, one of the things I'm I'm listening to this game, I'm like, hey, you know, the writing in this is better and the voice acting is a lot better. And then I say to myself, is that Marina Sirtis? Is that um Counselor Troy from from Star Trek? Did you watch Blank Next, stare. next Blank Generation? Stare. Hey, you didn't watch Star Trek the Next Generation?
0: I'm, I, I I'm oh I'm I'm aware of the characters. You're, I'm
1: aware that it exists. No, no,
0: no. I'm aware of the characters. I don't know the I don't know the <laughs> actors' names okay. and all that. Okay. I mean I know data and Jordy, and you know sure. I know a lot of the so but I, I'm not like after steeped after, in it
1: sure after a little bit I realize and I'm going to use not the actors names for in deference to your thank you Your, your do experience so Riker Q, I know who Riker is do you know Q yes do you remember Tasha Yar and the nope. okay she was the original security officer um okay. so Lieutenant Worf yep he's the Klingon <laughs> Deanna Troy. Yep,
0: know her. There's Marina Sirtis. She has dark hair. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Okay.
1: And then last but not least, um, Lieutenant Barkley, who is a no kind idea. Of secondary character no on, on things like Voyager. So there's just a crap load, and I'm sure I've missed some. So all of those, all people, of are, those people are doing voice so acting. So they took
0: like the next generation like cast. Like in, half the crew, in, half the, wow. cast,
1: the base cast. And Nolan North, who is the voice of Nathan Drake in ah, Uncharted. Right. And just a whole swath of other people wow. that are constantly—that
0: must make it pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean that's got to be it's, cool for you. They, I mean. Well, they—well, having Drake there, I honestly I didn't notice him. <laughs> I, I noticed Marina Sirtis. I noticed uh, Council Troy. So the writing in this, having those kind of actual, uh, kind of villain characters that are. Characters in the game,
0: right? Because that is lacking in the base game. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's all just sort of faceless and yeah, yeah. We are the baddies, right? 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 Because right, right. Um, it's all about you. Yeah. In in this alien menace that you don't know anything about, it has no persona. So this is giving personality to that.
1: Yeah. So, um so that's a big chunk of why I think this makes the game a lot better.
0: I'm gonna have to play this now. So I mean, th- I knew I was gonna have to anyway.
1: So now. So now more things that I am not I, I think you will like. Uh, so obviously there's new enemies, there's zombies, which is a different mechanic. Sure, um, which is not what I always like more.
0: Um. That's not true. <laughs> I
1: lie. So you have uh, a bunch of kind of there's a bunch of passive uh, bonuses that you get by structuring kind of your deals with the resistance. Okay, so there's all this stuff, get, and it's just
0: fun. It is. Um, and I mean, you were playing it when I came over.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I turned it on because I wanted to show you something then I failed. So two and just a bunch of more mechanics. Two of which I'll just quickly go through. You get ability points as you go through things. Okay. So the um, the non-standard characters have uh, uh, not necessarily a tree. Like they have the same progression, but you can choose to spend your ability points on whatever skills you want. Okay. Up, up to the point where you are
0: more like a Diablo maybe. Yeah. 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 Okay. And
1: this applies to your regular characters too. So you have points that you can spend on your regular people. So if you didn't, if you, if your sniper is more snipery and less like mm-hmm. reaction E right, you can spend some points on that too. And anyway, uh, and then you get bonds between your, your characters. So if you have two characters that are, that gel, right okay. they can get benefits from fighting with each other or fighting okay this
0: is the this is the what's the uh what's the Jap- what the, the japanese tactics game uh emblem fire emblem that's yeah, very fire emblem, yeah, very, yeah, fire yeah, emblem yeah, yeah. yeah
1: and so obviously when you're when your bonded character loses their bond yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, they get a bunch of negative and so and that's just sad <laughs> they have that's to go see sad. the
0: therapist and all that yeah
1: <laughs> um so yeah, sounds I, fun. I think, I think, I think I want to hear you, I want to hear you, your response to playing this if you ever get to it, because I think sure the mechanics do make it better and they do balance out some of the things that I found not so great about the running around the map and doing things. You can mitigate some of that too okay. as part of mechanics in the game. So anyway, I'm, I I'm, had a good time.
0: Sounds great. I'm, I'm trying really hard with the Kirk Hamilton school of a game at a time.
1: Oh my goodness. How responsible. Yes.
0: Well it just it just means that my thumb is growing like eight inches of new skin from playing Enter the Gungeon every day. So you
1: play one one game. And so you get But one... I'm never
0: I'm never gonna be good in I don't know if I'm ever gonna be good enough to finish that game. I mean I'm I'm doing really well and I've put a ton of time into it and the game has so much shit in it. Um, and it's totally one of those games that like, again, my family will watch and they'll like, they'll understand me talking about a run and like my son will sit there and kind of advise me on yeah. strategy yeah. of like, Oh, you know, you should do this. or like, ah, the boss, this boss, like this gun will be better against that boss. And huh. there's all these things. Um, I love that game a lot. I like it. Like I like dead cells. Um, I, am not sure if I like it more, but I like it a lot. It's really good. But I did, um, I did open up a game that is an old game that just came out to consoles. It is a decade in the making. It's called Kentucky route zero. And you are going to love this game. (laughs) Let me just say, um, you, I'm not even sure how to describe this. You are a delivery driver for an antique shop. When you start the game. And I read an article about this game that suggests it, it, the, the, it compared it to like, um, you've heard the old trope of like um, uh, the Velvet Underground first album didn't sell a lot of records, but everyone who heard it started a band, mm-hmm. right? It was so influential. Yep. This is basically using Kentucky Route Zero as a similar type of touchstone for game design in the last decade hmm. of things that have happened that, like, as you play this, you're like realizing oh. that, that this actually came before some of those things in the way. <laughs> and and, it's, and it's, you're someone that likes talking and thinking about narrative. Technique structures, just whatever mm-hmm. different yeah, yeah, yeah. things of that, of that nature. I think this game is just going to really make you smile a lot because of the little decisions that it, it makes that is allowing you as the player to have an impact, um, through lots of little decisions. Mm. So let me, just, I, I'm going to just give an example again. I've only played an hour of this. I have really have no idea what the game's even about yet. <laughs> it is really weird. Um, other than, like I said, you start off with like that. But there will be parts, in most games, when you have dialogue trees, those dialogue trees go to various dead ends mm-hmm. and, and do various opening certain locks to how things happen, and, and that's how that interactive fiction style works. In this game, it doesn't appear that that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Instead, you are making the story as you go. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I fell. Does it hurt? Like. You're answering yes or no. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? That's so out there. I mean, what? Most games don't do that. They tell you that you broke your leg or you didn't break your leg. They right. don't ask you, "Are you hurt?" Right.
1: Right. And so, so it lets you build the narrative in a
0: way, and it changes point of view, and even sometimes has you playing both sides of the conversation. Right. Which you never see. I'd never see that right. in interactive fiction. Yeah, yeah. Do you? I mean.
1: Usually, Not it's from what I can think of, right? Like usually, yeah. you're navigating that tree, right? Exactly. And this is, yeah. And
0: and this has tree elements in some of the exploration things, uh, but I I was my jaw dropped when I was having a conversation, and I'm one character, and then I was supposed to reply as the other character. Well, <laughs> you know, that just made me like blink. <laughs> I, you know, I was like, what is going on here? So it's it's really messing with a lot of things that you're used to and, and and it's it's really wild i can't um my, my son was like is that a racing is it a racing game kentucky route zero i'm like no it's definitely not a racing game <laughs> <laughs> um the the overland map is this like road interstate u.s state map in black and white of kentucky where you're like driving or different people tell you things there's just all <laughs> sorts of wild stuff um i really want to get to it I I really, really want you to play this game so we can talk about it some more because I think that uh, – um, I really think that it's going to get its hooks into you. Even if it doesn't turn out like to be whatever we want it to be, it's certainly interesting, right? It's like yeah, a challenging yeah. type of thing. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. it's You know, it's it's fun when you encounter those little pieces of history that kind of change the way people look at things, like change the way – um, so, so one of my things that I think about like this a lot is a movie that you haven't seen because you've seen things down the line and sure and 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 so when, when I talk about Alien, I'm almost always only talking about the first movie, right, which came out in 1979, right, and for me it was like a big pivotal movie. And I think and kind of the world of suspense um, is interesting, right? But when you've been exposed to that a lot of those ideas in the, in the, in the form of games like halo Mm -hmm. or like alien versus predator and like all these things, it's really diluted that original innovation in a way that makes it hard to appreciate Mm -hmm. right in the past. Yeah. Um, So it's really fun when you can get a hold of something like that and you can see the culture or see game design or see, you know, reality right mm-hmm. in a way kind of pivot on someone being creative that way yeah so that, that yeah so i don't fun. i
0: mean I've, I've heard that for instance the, the people that made disco elysium certainly had to be inspired by the the way the dialogue is written in this game and just yeah, sort of yeah. the like weirdo like what the hell is going on or, or control was also mentioned um which which you played i haven't played that oh my gosh um have you played Oxenfree? You
1: play I played that? a little. I played okay, a little. Okay, so Oxen, so immediately
0: yeah. upon playing this, I was like, "Oh, clearly the Oxenfree creator has, has seen this." <laughs> like, it, there's because it's Oxenfree has that. Oxenfree is much more overt in what it's trying to do, and it's very clear. Like you're these teenagers, and mm-hmm. whereas this is being very opaque about what exactly is happening or what the story is even going to be, but you can tell that Oxenfree took this because the way the dialogue style rolls in Oxenfree is it's inspired by this. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So the levers are really hidden.
0: Yeah. They're, they're, they're not, they're not clear. I mean, um, so here's another thing. Like one of the first things you do in the game, you, the first thing you do in the game, you pull up in a truck to this gas station and the art style is cool. It's very minimal, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's, it's, it's pretty, the the music and the mood is all really well done. And it's got this kind of, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of the hillbilly goth type thing going to it mm-hmm. uh, slightly, but not, it's not like, like dripping in it or anything. Like the, it,
1: So when you say hillbilly goth, do you mean like, um like there's like Rob zombies kind of, no, I mean no, like there's this one or? part
0: where the thing kind of fades out and there's guys playing like a banjo in silhouette and kind of oh, okay. dark like that. That's what I, yeah, no, I don't, okay. I don't mean like Rob zombie. Yeah, no, okay. I just meant more of like kind of <laughs> American Gothic Got it. sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, you pull up in this truck and your antique, Delivery truck to this gas station where the power's out, and you have this dog, and the guy's sitting in an armchair in between the gas pumps, and asks you. This is like the opening scene, and asks you what your dog's name is, and you'd be like, the three options you have are, uh, her name is Blue, his name is Homer, or I don't know, it's just some dog I whatever, <laughs> and that little thing now sets the that's your dog, right, right. They, they just that's made the dog, tone. they just made the dog yours. Yeah, 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 there's no right answer. Yeah, it's it's. You know, and I'm like, oh, her name is Blue. Cause that sounded the best to me. Aww. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's yeah. so it's just like those little things where it's not <laughs> it's not making you invested in this overt way where it's like, oh here, make pick what your facial structure looks like and how high your eyebrows are, yeah, yeah, and all those things that yeah. a lot of RPGs do.
1: That feel forced.
0: That feels forced yeah. and you don't even know what you should look like in this game because you don't even know what world you're entering. This is kind of like Oh well, this is kind of dark, and there's a sunset. I'm like, right. I'm gonna have my dog named Blue. Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. it's just sort of like you're filling in the mortar of this story as you go, and I think that's really, just really neat. I, yeah. I don't know how yeah. I don't know how else to describe it.
1: Yeah. So to take that back to um, the first time you see a uh, an innovation like that, right? Um, it makes me think, of course, of Infocom's. Uh, one of these games from, I think, 83, 84, uh, called Leather Goddesses of Phobos. Of oh, Phobos, yeah. yeah, yeah I never played that game? one, but I'd I so, seen that box. Yeah. So the, the intro to the game, uh, and maybe it has an age as well, uh, but the intro to the game, you're, like, you're in a restaurant or a bar, and you have to go to the bathroom. And your choice of which bathroom to go to, into the, the men's room or the women's room dictates like, the gender relationships in the rest of the game. Okay. Right. So, like, similar sort of thing. Right. A little less, yeah. Right. Aesthetic, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, hopefully you'll get a chance to play that now that it's out on consoles. This is also, like I said, it's been episodic. This is the fifth episode. It's now done. Oh, wow. So, it was released episodically since 2013, you know, and, and now they've finally completed it. Um, and I I have not done the research to tell you, like, who the designers are or what else they've created. <laughs> I this is like going into see Parasite and just be yeah. like, hey, happened to me? Like yeah. what? Just you know, which so yeah, yeah. which don't, you did see? We don't watch don't
1: watch trailers. I think is the lesson out of
0: yeah. yeah. You enjoyed Parasite?
1: Yeah, it was great. Cool. Yeah, yeah it was fun.
0: Did it kind of hit expectations you were
1: thinking? So the the only expectation I had was the kind of tonal pivot, uh, and I. I thought it was obvious what the tonal pivot would be, mm-hmm. you know, knowing kind of how it starts as a kind of. I mean, you didn't know the actions of the tone. I pivot. did not. You just knew what I the tone might be, right? Well, I knew, uh, well, I knew how it was going to start, right? right? I knew it was kind of comic, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I knew where you were going to Class go from comedy. It. Right, 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 right. Um, but it was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. It's quite good. Should we end there, or oh yeah, we got oh yes, we, well, well, topical, I've, right? So, so topical, we uh, can I've, we can cover this
0: quickly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we, Jason brought over a game, and it both hurt me and made me snicker at the same time. <laughs> what is the game, Jason? We uh, we we
0: we we won't we won't cover this uh, as as quickly as the uh, the U.S. Senate, but. Uh, We'll we'll try. Um, This is the game called Watergate uh, by Matthias Kramer. It is a small box game. It sounds like it would be some sort of, you know, large, complicated um, thing. It is about the... Um, Watergate scandal in the Nixon administration. Um, effectively, it is a two-player asymmetric game mm-hmm. where one side is playing the Washington Post, the other side is playing the Nixon administration. Mm-hmm. So the side playing the Nixon administration has uh, various conspirators—Haldeman, Ehrlichman, Howard Hunt—all the all the villains that you know and love. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the Post has the the journalists—you know, the Woodward and Bernstein and Ben Bradley—and um, both both sides are fighting over the evidence and the momentum of the scandal right mm-hmm. the the post is attempting to get two informants so Mar- uh, martha mitchell or uh, howard uh, not howard john dean um, <laughs> uh, rosemary <laughs> woods etc to flip and then on the board it's like you called it a murder board you know right. the, with the the push pins and the red string mm-hmm. right there's there's this whole node map of connecting nixon who's at the center of this murder board connect them to two flipped informants via evidence that you are effectively tug-of-war fighting over <laughs> um in the game and it's got uh, the the book that comes with it has a, i didn't show it to you but it has a lot of the historical you know stuff like you know who are these people <laughs> and right cetera, the, the
1: explanations of
0: yeah, the explanations, et cetera. Um, and, and the cards are things like, you know, the Saturday Night Massacre or the Pentagon Papers or, you know, all these different things of yeah. the, the time. Those
1: are the events and then The
0: various events and the various people. Um, yeah. And so the Post is trying to connect the evidence to two different informants. And Nixon is effectively trying to run out the clock and get enough momentum to shut the whole thing down. Yep. And you just and you play taught, back and forth. you
1: taught it to me in three minutes five minutes five minutes
0: five minutes yeah yeah it taught it in probably five minutes we played in
1: um 20 25. Yeah, probably 30 minutes yeah.
0: yeah um and it's it's just a back and forth and it's uh of this style of like a card driven game i think it's like boiled down to uh like the essentials and it, it's really it's really great um i feel like it plays out a little bit differently every time in terms of what you're doing it doesn't feel too samey but i've had fun with it. i've played it like five or six times now Really, yeah, really, uh, really. Like, what were your what were your thoughts?
1: Uh, I thought it was pretty fun. I, anytime there's a bunch of verbiage on a card, and by a bunch, I mean you know three or four sentences. You know, I see myself with five cards in my hand, and Jason going, "Well, time to play. Put put, put your card down." I was patient. He was, you know, you were nice, but I'm always like, "Oh no, what do I what do I do? I have to read the words." Um, you won, but I did win. Uh, I started with the the slightly more. I feel like the post is a little
0: bit more, a little bit better. Slightly. It seems that way. I don't know. I need to look online and kind of see what people say about the balance. Um, I've had some very, very close games where uh, I had one game where Nixon like was a turn away. It was like one card away and that would have won. But I I like that It's got a lot of choices of like, Oh, how do I use these cards? Do I want Mm -hmm. to push for the evidence or am I pushing for initiative? You know, and you're also putting them down on the map to try to connect the dots um and it's a cool abstraction of what of the story it's trying to tell
1: yeah and it, it it i think it's a good balance in terms of that kind of complexity versus kind of simple playability right so i i a lot of a lot of the games that i that uh are a little further on the complexity scale you know you sit down after learning it in 5 minutes and you just feel overwhelmed right and i sure i I mostly, I mostly felt reasonably confident in, in what I was doing. Like, I, I wasn't super confident in the result because, you know, there are all these textual, oh, I'll take take two of these and move them I, over here. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen. No,
0: but I didn't think you – you didn't yeah. do anything where I was like, well, that was really stupid. I mean, yeah. You, you, yeah. all the moves you made were reasonable
1: moves. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It ended up
0: working out great. So
1: I, what, I, what I'm trying to say is I, it was easy enough to learn pretty quickly. And yep. I think, you know, it would be a good game in terms of replayability too, right? Like – it's a little, you got a, a lot of, uh, a number of different strategies to take and each card is different, right? So, yeah. yep.
0: I would love to know the designer diary on this one. Cause this is Matthias Kramer is, uh, he's a German kind of Euro game designer. I mean, he's famous for doing more standard Euro games and here he is doing something right. that's like, a. a
1: and a, 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 this is not a Euro game because it doesn't have what features, like what, ah. ma, what makes it a Euro game? Because well, it's not.
0: No, it's not. It's uh so it's confrontational to begin with. So you you are you know, I am trying to do things and you are trying to undo them. Right. So you're you're actively pushing on the same things.
1: We're not we're okay. So we're not building our own little garden. We're
0: not, building, it's, garden it's, we're not building our own thing. We're both playing on a shared space mm-hmm. and we have our own cards that we are both fighting over the exact same resources. Right. To become ours, right, right. So As I to, want the initiative. I want the momentum. I want the evidence. Right. And if I get it, you can't have it. So it's a right. zero sum game, right? So the fact that it's that 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 zero sum game means that um, it, it can't be like, oh, we both did well, but I did I did a, I did a little bit better, well, slightly better, yeah. 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 You know, I have a better farm than yeah. you, or I, taking, I traded better than you.
1: We're taking stuff from each other, right? But right. That's not a euro thing. Right? There is, I would say, the one aspect
0: of it that maybe Euro inspired kind of is just the efficiency part of, you know, like you want to win as many, as much of the evidence and momentum as you possibly can, but you don't want to overcommit resources to something that you've basically already won. You want to use those resources on something else that to take away from them. Right. I don't really necessarily think that's a Euro thing. I mean, there's to me, there's nothing about it. It doesn't have a Euro setting, which is traditionally economic or, or, Uh, What's agricultural, Mm -hmm. you know, something that isn't about the confrontation between two sides. Um, So I think it's interesting of, you know, there's been other games done by Euro designers that take on like a historical thing, but they tend to be more European centric. Right. It's interesting that this is this American centric topic. (laughs) I just, I wonder how this came to be. Like, did he have this idea for a game and... And then he, someone was like, "Oh, this would work really well right. with Watergate," and maybe someone was inspired by our our current political situation, <laughs> uh, um, or not. I don't I don't really know uh, how that how that happened. Like I said, I'm I'm quite sad that we may not have a sequel, but I
1: I look forward to one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. Uh, anything coming up? Do we have a new Do we have a new legacy game?
0: We do not have a new legacy game, but we are with our legacy group or Mm -hmm. our co-op Sunday group, whatever we call it. uh, We're going to play Mansions of Madness, second edition, which I think I talked about last time. Yep. So that'll be, uh, now that we got Betrayal in the Bin, we'll... In the bin. In the bin. Throw it in the bin. There was that great comic I sent you of of, uh, Link. So Link in the game, he's (laughs) sitting there over a campfire just cooking with his plate of stuff. And there's like a cartoon of Gordon Ramsay. Like... (laughs) hulking over him i think saying like what is this shit in <laughs> spanish or something i didn't translate it but it's pretty funny um i always associate throw it in the bin with gordon Ramsay. throw it in the bin throw it in the bin yeah so i'm sure there'll be more enter the gungeon for me i'll be playing through kentucky route zero we'll play manchester the i'm going to get my oath uh set printed out so hopefully we get that as well um so i think those are probably the main upcoming gaming topics excellent all right see you guys
1: bye our theme music is Chocolate and Cocaine by Lorenzo's Music. Check out Lorenzo's Music at Lorenzo'sMusic.com. Context Free is a, is a contrarian content production. Uh, find out more along with our various detailed, wonderful show notes that contain lots of links about pretty much everything we discuss at contextfree.fm. Thanks.